Business Matters in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. For a career in financial governance, consider the Level 9 MA in Governance and IT in Financial Services starting in January. Contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie today. Hello and welcome to Business Matters. I'm Chris Ashmore and I'm the new host for this programme. My guest this week is Sarah Marie McDevitt, the proprietor of Pine Hill Studios at the Mountaintop in Letterkenny. Back in 2013, she began her journey to bring fun fitness to Letterkenny. And since then, there have been a range of classes from hip-hop to jiving, Irish dancing, arts and crafts and much, much more at the studios. What was once a warehouse at the Pine Hill Business Park has been transformed and developed from two studios to become five with a bright modern atmosphere. It's also become a hub for independent facilitators to operate, grow and develop their own classes. Well, I visited the studios to catch up with her and all the latest developments in her business. So I'm here with Sarah Marie McDevitt up at Pine Hill Studios at the Mountaintop in Letterkenny. Sarah you're, Marie, you're very welcome to Business Matters. Um, firstly, let me begin by asking you to outline just exactly what happens at Pine Hill Studios. That's a great question. There's an awful lot that happens here um, in the studios. So basically, we are one big building and we have a variety of classes. So over 100 hours of activities um, throughout the week, ranging from hip-hop, Irish dancing, musical theatre, piano, arts and crafts, cartooning, yoga, pilates, you name it, it's kind of in here um, for all age groups from three years and up. Wow, that is a lot. So uh, I was just, before we started to talk, I was just looking at a little bit of uh, the history on your website, founded in 2013, and all part of your journey to bring fun fitness to Letterkenny. So uh, elaborate on that. <laughs> That's right. So in, um, let me think, 2009, I did my personal trainers um, courses and was traveling around Donegal delivering Zumba classes at the time because they went huge in about 20, 2009, 2010. Um, so I was primarily focused on adult fun fitness um, and I couldn't find a venue in Letterkenny. <laughs> so that's where I was on the search for a venue here and Gavin Bowl approached me and said, there's a space available at the mountaintop. So I came in and hemmed and had about it because I thought, no, <laughs> I only need it for an hour a week. I don't need it for full-time premises. Um, and then thought about it, and here I am 10 years later and delved into even more, went to, adapted it and changed the process of what my original business was. And I sublet studio spaces to other businesses as well. So there's eight smaller businesses within the studio itself. And the main focus is on kids' activities and confidence building and fun for all. Great. So tell us a little bit more about your own background, where you're from, where you grew up, where you went to school, and uh, maybe your first thoughts looking back. Did you, did you ever think that you would end up in, in a sector like this? Um, 
I think I, dance was always a huge part of my life. So I started dancing, um, let me see, I think I was four. Um, Irish dancing was the start, but I knew very quickly it wasn't for me. So I went into modern, was more my style, and then developed through different types of dance styles throughout my childhood. Um, coming with the line dancing when it hit big and the jiving and all of that crack. Um, so I'm originally from Anagra, so right in west. Yes. Um, went to an all-Irish school in Lohanure and my secondary school was in PCC in Fulcara. So all of that mm-hmm. side and of the world. During the latter stages of secondary school, did you, did you know career path? What, what did you think you were going to do? Business and accounting. Right. And that's kind of the road I went down. Um, so my background is accounts and business. Which is a good start <laughs> for any business. So then you can do yeah. anything, really. <laughs> so how did you get from after school? Did you go to, to college? Did you do courses? I did courses with actually Rosson College. Um, so I was local in the evenings doing courses and I was working full time. So I have a little girl. I say a little girl, she's 19. <laughs> so um, as a single mum, uh, any additional education came in the evening times while I was working full time as well. So to start your own business, that's a big step forward. Were you employed somewhere else before here? Um, I was in in different mm. kind of sectors. Uh, our family, my my family, are all business owners, and um, so we have business right at the forefront, kind of all the time. Watching my grandparents set up their businesses and and develop their businesses through the years, so we were always quite involved in family business. Right. And what sector? Up. What sectors were they in? It wasn't in fun fitness. No, <laughs> <laughs> on one side we have refuse, and on the other side it's car sales and oil right. Um, right. but the the whole business ethic it was in the in the genes i suppose i suppose it's in the genes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so when you before you opened up here uh, let's go back to how the the idea what the the seed was sown and, and the first thoughts um did you think you know little did you think i'm sure that you were going to expand as much as you have so what was the aim initially just a couple of hours a week as you touched on there that's exactly it it was a couple of hours um so working full-time during the day um, and doing a couple hours in the evening bringing fun fitness i think in 2010 it was we were just coming out the other side of the recession and there was a lot around mental health and a lot around people who had lost their jobs. There was a lot of immigration at the time. Everybody was heading to Australia and fitness wasn't a huge part of our lives back then. Um, And the Zumba craze took off for a lot of people that weren't into movement, weren't into gyms. You know, you, you very much had your gym goer or your nothing at all. And I think Zumba at that time brought everybody into movement in a fun way. And that's what I wanted to promote and continue promoting because I could see the joy and the fun that you were bringing to people's lives and that they were they, they had something to look forward to every week where they got to socialize with people and just get out of a rut of falling one day into the other. Yeah. Now, you know, society has changed and 
what you're saying there, you look at uh, events like the Dublin Marathon has just been held and reading through the history of it, I have the 40th anniversary book. You know, the early days, it was just for the elite runners and there was no fun runners. And likewise, as you were saying, in a lot of areas, you know, there was a very serious people, but the word fun is so important. And probably when you go back to your own school days, the choices were just not there that we have now. No, they really weren't. And I think there is there was an element of, I don't know, fear in like even PE at school. It's like, oh no, do we have to do PE? And there is still an element of that now, but but with a lot of organisations, like I work with Donegal Sports Partnership as well, and there's a lot of organisations like that that are trying to change the mindset of people when it comes to movement and that it doesn't have to be lifting weights or running or anything of the stereotype of exercise, that any movement is going to be beneficial for both physical and mental health. Yeah. And in a lot of cases, you add in a little bit of music and suddenly that can be the magic ingredient. Exactly, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so if you take us back now to the, the very beginning in your first classes, so what, what did you start off doing? Who were the first kids there or what, or what age group were you dealing with first and, and how did those early weeks and months go? Um, adults. Adults at the start. Grown-ups, yeah. Um, I didn't touch on the kids' classes for, I think it was maybe 18 months after I moved in here. Yes, there was kids coming through the door um, with other the other businesses doing um, their thing like musical theatre and, and Irish dancing, I believe, was here at the very beginning. Um, and I had a group doing hip-hop and they, they kind of fizzled out a little but they hadn't the dedication I think or the, the the drive behind them to keep that going. It was a lot of hard work as well at that at that time. Um and then I decided, well I actually dance as well, so mm. why do I not try it? Um and we started off with one hip hop class on a Saturday morning. I think there were seven kids in it. And I thought, oh this is actually good fun. Um so bringing different elements into the studio then grew the studio to what it is now and um, because there's a variety for everyone so certain things like the movement of hip-hop may not be for john in the house but sophie might love it or vice versa and um, or they may like irish dancing more or they may like the piano more so mum can bring three or four kids and have all activities in the one place I'm dealing with adults and dealing with kids is a, a totally different thing. Very different. Yeah. Very different, yes, because you have your all, all your child protection and your insurances mm. and different things that you have to deal with and make sure that all the staff are trained and and all of that as well. Mm. And everybody is very aware of, of what's needed for children. Now, when you started off as your own business, the fact that you came from that accounting mathematical type of background you knew the business from family very important to keep records right from the word go yes absolutely mm. you have to track everything and see what's working and what's not working and and you have to be very adaptable and um, the what the vision i had at the start is completely different to where i am now and things worked that I thought wouldn't work and things that I thought would have worked didn't work. So being very adaptable in business is very important. 
and knowing when to let something go. Yeah. So things cannot be cast in concrete. You need to have a bit of flexibility. Definitely need the flexibility. So you mentioned there your vision at the start. So what was that vision at the start? I don't even know anymore. It's changed that much, but it was definitely not down the kids' side, right. side right. of it, no. Right. So when you started off in business, um, did you find there was much support out there? Did you did you go to, to banks and local enterprise offices and do research, or was there a lot of doing it just on your own bat and, and seeing how it went? There was a lot of trial and error for me on just for myself to try and figure out what was for this sector there's not an awful lot of of support out there it's very new to everybody or it's not as new now but it would have been very new at the beginning and the local enterprise office did i did do a number of courses with them on the business side of it but it was very hard to to kind of aim towards my business because it was very different it was very specific Um, but yeah there was support out there at the time yeah we did a few courses and and tried to to work it out and because I suppose you're in a sector that was really in its infancy when you were getting involved you know you look at things have changed years ago we had the traditional sectors and agriculture and and manufacturing industry now you take a town like Letterkenny not much manufacturing and the whole service sector has exploded and when we touch on leisure and fitness, within three or four miles of where we're sitting here at Pine Hill at the mountaintop, there are countless gyms, studios, fitness places. It's a really big growth area. It is a growth area, definitely. Mm. There's huge demand for it. And the population are now very open-minded to the benefits of what our sector gives their their lifestyle do you know it is a lifestyle choice and they they're choosing to do more movement and more development of that now tell us uh how did covid affect the business here because like everybody that came from nowhere and that must have caused you to put up mildly a few headaches and just a few headaches yeah yeah, i might cry (laughs) <laughs> On a positive, we're out the other side, thank God. Yes. Um, yeah, the news in March 2020 um, was horrible. Uh, we had just extended the studio, so our fabulous extra studio and new reception area had just been completed. We opened it January 2020 and we didn't get a chance really to utilise it or build on it. Um And a lot of money was invested in doing that. And then the word came and we were shut down uh, for the two weeks, (laughs) which we thought, yeah, we'll take that as a holiday. It's great. But then it was 18 months before we got back open in the studio, um, which caused a lot of problems in itself. So obviously there was the financial difficulties. We did move to online. But I think for, for us in this sector, it was difficult because it's not just a dance class or, or an activity that you're doing when you're coming here. There's a connection made. There's a social element to it. There's all of, of the added things of being in person and taking that online and, and sitting in a box on a Zoom screen wasn't getting the same thing across at all. So that formed a difficulty for kids, especially younger kids. They were like, I don't want to go on the computer. Um, 
so yeah, that was a stand standstill, but we tried our best to keep a connection with as many of our families as possible so that when we did come back that we had something to build on. Um, yeah, yeah that, I mean, that social interaction, it, it's so important. It's not the same doing it online as, as the real thing, is it? No. Can no. you mute your mic, please? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's just, it's not nice. And, you know, there were government supports there without which a lot of businesses would have gone totally under. So when you look back, you know, would you feel that the government did fairly well in, in the supports to, to help people? There was a lot of support. Mm. So it, they did do their, their best, I mm. do feel. You know, we had a lot of support from Donegal County Council. Mm. The LEO were were very good. Um, we actually got our website built through um, some of the funding that was available through that time. So we used that time to utilise, you know, we had extra time to do background mm. stuff. So we did... Um, use it as much as we possibly could during that time to yeah. to continue building the business rather than just stopping completely. And with COVID and you mentioned online and the website, things like be it gift vouchers or booking systems, suddenly a lot of people changed and now when you look back you've probably got a lot of tools and facilities that weren't there and you're better off for it. Absolutely. Um we would have been waiting for parents to come in with their envelope or paying when it suited them whereas now everything's automated you know they get their email they're set up with memberships and everything everything is computerized and people are more open to it i think because they got used to it during covid whereas before if we tried to um introduce something like that everything was kind of yeah. everybody was kind of standoffish about it whereas now it's just the norm to book your class online and or book your camps online or, or anything like that. So everybody is a lot more flexible yeah. to that. And also instead of the parents coming in and finding the fiver or the tenor again, that most of that's probably going online straight through to accounts. It is straight in yeah. straight through to accounts. And it, it's, it's a good safety thing as well, because mm. obviously there isn't a lot of cash then on site, which is nice for people coming in and out the door. There's just, it feels a lot more safe. I'm speaking here with Sarah Marie McDevitt. Join us again after the break. Business Matters, in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. For a career in financial governance, consider the Level 9 MA in Governance and IT in Financial Services, starting in January. Contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie today. Welcome back. I'm speaking with Sarah Marie McDevitt, the proprietor of Pine Hill Studios in Letterkenny. During my recent visit, she gave me a tour of the premises. Well, I'm with Sarah Marie now, and we're going for a little tour of the Pine Hill Studios here. So, Sarah Marie, uh, tell us, we've just come into the very bright, spacious reception, and uh, a good welcome is important to any business, as well as a smiling face behind the desk, but uh, just to see how everything is presented and smart and cheery and bright. Yes, it's important for me that everything is quite bright and well lit and, and warm and cosy too for parents coming in. Um, so the reception is part of the extension that we did in 2020. Um, and then we just come around the corner into our first studio. Um, so inside here, it's mirrored walls and sprung floors. And again, the bright green and purple follows you right through into the studios. And it's obvious that colours are very important, colour choice. And I suppose your, your theme colour is your 
branding colour is purple. It is, yeah. Uh, initially it started off as green and then it kind of developed to be purple predominantly. Yeah. Um, so we're now at the second studio. This was part of the extension again. Um, so we gained an extra space which has um, been very important for us to have extra additional classes. And just to explain to people, when you came up here first, this was basically a, a warehouse in what was probably more an industrial estate than a, a business park, as we would call it now. So there was a lot of work to be done. There was. There's a lot of um, walls put up and uh, doors placed and new LED lighting. And we lowered the ceilings and added heat um, as well to each of the studios so that it's nice and comfortable. So initially your capacity was for how many people in a, in a class? Um, our main hall would have held between 30 and 40 and the second studio would have held 20 um, and that's all we had to start with and if both classes were running together and they were coming in the hall, the hall was jammed because obviously you add parents into that as well so you have a minimum of two coming in all the time um, so then the addition of the three extra yeah uh, huge difference yeah and we're now in this is the what you call this the main this is studio three studio this is three. the main one that everybody wants yeah. <laughs> this is the hardest one to get <laughs> so it's a, it's a big studio and also we can see as in other studios as well there's a shelving here with numerous trophies so uh, that must give you great pride. Tell us a little bit about just a couple of the things we can see here. Yeah, so the, the awards here on the shelf are from all our dancers who have, who have competed nationally and won titles uh, throughout the, the 10 years that we've been competing in hip-hop. Um, so we display them with great pride here in the studio for everybody to see. Great. Uh, tell us also about... Um Music systems, what? Well, we'll go upstairs here, will we? Yeah, we can go upstairs. Um, so our music systems are all in studio. So for any of our facilitators coming in, they're not um, having to huckster in speakers or any equipment. It's all here for them. So they literally come in, plug their phones in or Bluetooth to their, the speakers, and they have everything they need on site. Now, we've walked up the stairs to the... Uh, Will we call it the studio in the attic or the attic. upper upper regions? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is the the attic space. Um so a bit of clever design to, to get an extra room. It was um it was ben beneficial for us to have this up here as well because most of our um, our music um and our speech and language classes happen up here so it's a little quieter and they're away from the the noise and the madness of the traffic coming in. Um through the halls and everything, they have yeah. their own private space here for for little more intimate settings. Great, and we have one more to go to, is it? One more, so we're going to um, the main use for this studio is our party room. So we hold birthday parties as well um, at the weekend. So we have our dance party, which is our most popular, and we do, we do a disco at the end, which the kids absolutely love. But this is a separate space that we set up with tables and chairs. And parents are welcome to bring in their own food. Or we also collaborate with Mr. Chippy next door, where we, we use them for the party food if we just put through an order. And they deliver it straight into the party room in here. 
and obviously quite a bit of thought going into the graphics that you use and the, the painting and the designs and that's a, an important area now because yeah. graphics and, and images, um, branding. colors, branding, yeah, it, branding, it all ties in. Yeah, um, branding is very important and we do a lot of work with uh, Lean Red Electric Handling as well. So we bring, obviously f with me coming from a Gaeltacht area and being fluent in Irish, it's very important for me to bring the Irish element into the studio as well. So we have named our studios with, they're all as Gaelige and we include... Irish words throughout all our classes um, to bring couple of fuckle go litter canning. So I'm back with Sarah Marie McDevitt at the Pine Hill Studios here at the mountaintop in Letterkenny. Uh, Sarah Marie, staff are a, a key component for any business and without your staff you're lost. Um, in the current climate, we hear a lot about you know the difficulties in, in getting staff. Has, has that been an issue for you? Um, it has been. It's, we have an amazing team here at the studio, but it can be quite difficult getting new members to join us. Um, the main thing is we're a dance school, so the minute you're advertising for staff, they're like, "Oh, I can't dance." You know, we're not really seen as a business, and that there is plenty of other things to mm. be getting on with within this business. We have um, huge marketing to be done. There's lots of sales. You know, an admin is, there's full-time positions in, in each of those sections within the studio. Um, and it can be quite difficult to get staff, especially in the current climate. Yeah. Yeah. So you started off with Uno. Yes, all by myself. And how many people are now employed either part-time or or full-time? Um, there is three full-time staff, there's seven part-time, and then there's eight facilitators mm. running their own yeah. small businesses from within the studio. And it's small businesses like this that are the proverbial backbone of the Irish economy. We hear often, you know, 50 jobs are created in a manufacturing plant and there's a big celebration and politicians are ruled out. But a lot of these smaller businesses they are so key yeah absolutely and we're keeping we're keeping people local and we're offering um opportunities for them to develop into managerial roles and and further yeah. within their locality yeah. and the business that you're uh, generating most of it is going back into the local economy because it's very localized yes it's staying yeah. it's staying in the yeah. local economy. so um if we look now at What's involved when you're running your own business? We're here on a bank holiday in one day, which is a clue. Um, you are not working nine to five, Monday to Friday. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you or can you can you say with any certainty? Have you you have to have structures there, but you put in a, a big shift every week. Yeah, quite a lot of hours per week. I couldn't count them up because if I did, I probably would cry a little bit. <laughs> um, but you're on call quite a lot of the time. Um, even if, you know, we have quite a lot of systems in place. And like I said, the team is amazing here and they all have their own roles. Um, but the, the book always falls back onto me. So, you know, if there's an issue, if there is a flood if there's a, an unhappy parent then it's me that's going to get the call to deal with that um, but that's part of owning your own business and that's 
you know, you have the flexibility of not being on site. And and I suppose going back to our COVID conversation, it did allow us to, to learn ways to work remotely. So I can step outside the studio and still have the technology now to be quite connected mm. within the studio. So many challenges, a bit of a roller coaster like life. Things don't always work out smoothly. Um but when you have had a, a sticky patch, what, what keeps you going? What what drives you to say, well, look, I can get through this and there will be better times or there will be an upside on this? Um, seeing what I bring to the community um, seeing the kids run through that door every single day with the biggest smile on their faces and their the excitement and their enthusiasm for what we offer in here is definitely the, the driving force behind it and makes it all very worthwhile. And when you see other people getting that satisfaction, yeah, I mean, it, there's no better feeling. No, definitely no, not. No. no. So looking at people who have influenced you or looking at other dance studios or other fitness instructors or Zumba experts, anybody in particular stand out or did you follow people online and look at how things were done? Because um, so do you, you formulate your opinions based on, on what you're seeing. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if there's any particular person within this sector that mm. has influenced me. We always go to diversity. Um, they're a, a dance group in in England, and they, you know, we're on Britain's Got Talent, and they grew and they've opened their own studios, and and each dancer coaches young children and different things, um, and watching the opportunities that are out there for dancers, um inspires me every day to keep pushing and doing what I do. Um, the main people that inspired me are with in business would be my own my own grandparents mm. who showed resilience through the years of numerous recessions and difficulties in business and, and how their work ethic got them through all of those things and and kept them going through the years. And what were their names? Let's give them the full credit. <laughs> Um, well, you have uh, McDevitt's in Anagra and then Sharky's Waste and Recycling in Bonneman as well. Yeah. Now, when we're talking about the, the dance classes and different ones, and you might see something on the other side of the world that is absolutely new here. Is it a case of, you know, if you see something, give it a try? What have you got to lose? Exactly. It's trial and error. Mm -hmm. Definitely pull something in and try it. Um, it could develop into something unbelievable or it could crash but that's okay you still have to give it a go and then you can also put your own personal touch on it or, or tweak it tweak maybe it. to yeah. an irish market which could be slightly different for some reason or another exactly yeah, yeah. tweaking it is very important yeah. the barbie movie during the summer there was a huge um I don't know what it was, but it went mad. Success. <laughs> and we we adapted some of our workshops and classes within the studio to suit that. And it obviously pulls then a new niche of people into the studio for things like that. So it's all there's all there's always something influencing new ideas for moving forward in business. Now, if somebody has an idea to go into business. It sometimes is a big leap of faith, but there are a lot of supports out there. If, I mean, if you just go online and Google Donegal business between the local enterprise office, you've mentioned as well, the county council, uh, Donegal Sports Partnership, 
there are a lot of bodies out there and there is a great deal of support and mentoring available. There is, absolutely. Even with the local Letterkenny Chamber here, um, there's loads of people that you can talk to um, that are in similar positions or have the experience then of, you know, years of experience behind them um, and can bring you back to bring give you tips on how they started and give you advice on moving forward. Now, uh, we had the budget recently. If you were the Minister for Finance and you had that little magic wand, would, what would your top couple of priorities be from from a business perspective that would make your life a, a lot easier? Oh. <laughs> Where do you start? Um, the, the main challenge for us with the budget is the increase in minimum wage um, because we obviously have to now recoup the, yes. the additional cost mm. of of staffing now and put that out to our parents yeah. and, and and raise our own prices yeah. so it's like a vicious circle really yeah. going forward um i know they have offered support for the increased costs to business but they're not really covering the the extent of yeah. the increases in the last year to 18 months um so yeah it's I don't know where to start, really, with what they could do to help us, but I, I do think that... I suppose when you're looking forward and projecting your own costs, you, you need stability. You need to know what it's going to cost you for the next year. And exactly. As well as staff, energy is the other big variable, I suppose, and we don't know just what way the winter ahead is going to turn yeah, out. We haven't no. a clue, and it's hard to... You know, we can't just pick up the phone and say, oh, by the way, mum, the dance class is an extra three euro tonight because it was really cold last week and we had to have the heat on extra. Um, so it is, it's about projections and, and, and being able to see clearly well in advance so that we can have these increases in place at a reasonable time for parents to understand and, and be able to adjust their budgets to suit. So when you're doing classes, uh, you set a price, you look at what you hope to make from them. And you mentioned earlier, you know, some things will work and some won't. So sometimes maybe you take a hit and you just have to learn the lesson and, and move on. Yes, the yeah. hit can be strong sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't try something new, you, you don't to. know. Exactly. Yeah. You have to you have to be open to trying lots of new things to get new clientele through the doors and, and hopefully keep them then once you get them in. Um, what's in here already may not be um appealing to the to the public but we could try something new and then when they come in and get a feel for the studio then they'll see that it could be the place that they want to do their extra activities after school or at the weekends and with social media if if you develop a new class and it's a big hit and you have a couple of clips well that can be great publicity amazing publicity social media has helped us immensely grow our business here in the studio yeah now if we look at some of the courses that are offered up here and i was just glancing with everything from summer camps to jiving confidence and dancing and tell us a little bit about that um so for me as a child dancing was my safe place that's where i knew that i could go for I say an hour, I spent probably nine or ten hours a week dancing. Um, but I knew everything that was going on in the outside world was remained on the outside world. 
and that was my safe place. And that's where I grew my confidence to speak to adults, to speak to my peers, to make friends, um, to stand on a stage and sing and dance. And that's what I want to deliver from the studio as well. So every child that comes through that door, I want them to know that this is their safe place and they can be exactly who they are when they are in here and it doesn't matter if you know there's so many kids that are bullied at school or they could have troubles at home or social media is a huge influence now in teenage lives and it's very difficult they can't remove themselves from from what's going on all around them whereas if they come in here and they can have that hour of peace and it's their safe place that we can help develop and build their confidence then my job is done well. So tell us a little bit about, say you have a dance class and you start off and it's 8 to 10 year olds or 8 to 12 and they all get on great and you do it for six weeks or maybe a, a full year. How do you develop that on? Do you then do a, a 12 to 16 group? Do you bring in new people? Do you go from beginners to advanced or I suppose some classes evolve and some are more sort of standalone? Yeah, so our... Our classes are the hip hop classes in Pine Hill, so that is our main our main kind of forte here, um, and we start the kids from three, and they move up through the years. There is the recreational side of it, where yes, you're just coming in to do an hours class for your activity for the week, and you go home and you come back the following week and you learn a new dance every week and you you make new friends as they go, and. Um, there then is the option to move into our development section, which is um, a more intense training. Um, it's two to three hours per week. You have opportunities then for performance in local community groups and, and shows. And then there is the competitive element of it, uh, where we travel nationally um, for hip hop competitions as well. And of course, some kids are more into the competitive side, like anything else. Some will be more competitive. Others are just there, and happy just enough happy to have doing their, their class. own thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and things like St Patrick's Day parade, um, events like that, that also helps with confidence building and, and going out and mixing, doesn't it? Absolutely. Mm. So our recreational classes get the opportunity to join us for um, the St Patrick's Day parade. Uh, we will be doing the Halloween parade tomorrow, or. Um, with the Letterkenny Chamber and we have other events throughout the year where we get involved in local community things. It's, I think it's very important to stay quite localised and to support events that are happening in the community and it lets the kids feel like they belong to something bigger as well and that they can be part of all of that and that develops their confidence hugely. And then there's a sense of belonging and an association with Pine Hill Studios and brand identity. And you even have your own products online, like they can get their hoodies and things like that. So it's a it's a form of business for you. And it also helps them connect. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So our hoodies and everything there every year, they're looking for the, the next one and 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 they want to wear them everywhere. And it's lovely to go down through the shops and yeah. see the purple going round. Now, tell us a little bit about the facilitators here. So essentially, is it a case of you subletting rooms to people who come in with a, a different class? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so 
as you see, we have a big space. So um, facilitators then rent the space from me for their few hours per week and they deliver their classes um, through under the umbrella of Pine Hill as such. But so it you, is very much their own business. Yeah. Yeah. So you're the hub and so it means more classes here. And from your own business point of view, um, that means it's a, an added revenue stream and maybe at times that you wouldn't have been filling otherwise. Exactly, yeah. yes. yeah. And it's important to have those multiple revenue streams coming into every business. So um, tell us a little bit uh, about the plans for the future. Uh, where would you like to be in five or ten years' time? Um, well, currently we are looking at expanding to new locations. Um, ideally, I would like another couple of studios similar to Pine Hill. Um, not too close, obviously, <laughs> um, but to expand it out into and in, in further afield. Um, we have dance classes in several locations. So we were, we're in Drumkeen at the minute and we held our summer camps in Gidor, which were very successful. So the, the summer camps, tell us a little bit about them, because obviously in the summer for kids, and there's a lot of camps to choose from, so offering maybe something a little bit different can, can have big appeal. Yeah, um, so our summer camps are quite successful during the summer. We run them for eight weeks, July and August. Um, it's beneficial for the studio because obviously our dance classes in the evenings take a break. Uh, routine goes out the window, I think, for parents once schools close. Um, so our term would run September to June for our, our weekly classes. And then in the summer, it's our summer camps. And we theme our summer camps and we try to offer something for everyone. And the main reviews coming back from parents this year was that we had we had a lot of um, variety for boys who were not necessarily into sport or football because there's obviously a lot of camps mm. around the GAA and, mm. and, and football and not all boys are into that. So we had a lot of science camps and Lego camps which enticed those to come in as mm. well. So we had a variety for, for everyone. And that is a very important point. You know, not everybody is interested in sport and maybe uh, getting a bit sweaty and extending themselves but there are so many other things that you can do and a lot of it is really just about getting people moving. It is. Movement yeah. is so important. Yeah. yeah. And then if you obviously add in the, the music as well, yeah. that helps them w with that. Um, your studio motto is creating opportunities, making dreams come true. That's right. So that was your idea? <laughs> that was my idea at the beginning, yeah. Um, and each year when I'm sitting down to plan... I'm trying to see what opportunities I can I can give to the kids that come to the studio. So we would have um, a number of events throughout the year, getting them down to turn on the lights for the Christmas lights or the St. Patrick's Day parades, or we hold two shows per year. So we have our festive presentation that'll be coming up now for Christmas. And then we have our summer showcase. Um, We've had opportunities to have our dancers in the theatre doing um, some performances and obviously travelling then to Dublin or, or nationally then for their competitions as well. In terms of planning and the different classes, is it a calendar year? Do you go September to August? Do you break it up into blocks of summer camps and things like that? 
I, I suspect you need quite a good uh, Excel document or some sort of <laughs> colour-coded system. It's all very colour-coded. <laughs> yes, it's very colour-coded. So we do um, our planning for the year begins in, I say, March, April for our year starting in September. And then we run the calendar year from September to June. Um, and it's blocked into... We used to do blocks of eight weeks, so you'd have your September to Halloween term and then you'd have after Halloween to Christmas and, and so on and so forth. And you have your classes laid out weekly and then you have your events filling in the gaps of when the schools are on holidays um, and and where where you can place your shows and where your parades are coming in and, and, and having it all very well planned out mm. well in advance. Now... Your own free time is important. You need to have time off. You need to have downtime. Important for the mental health, uh, your own peace of mind. How do you unwind? What's what's your favourite thing to do? And do you get away at all? Um, yes, I I enjoy the outdoors a lot. I, I tend to go, you'll find me where there's water, either a waterfall or the sea or climbing a mountain or... Um, basically anything in nature I like to get outside and you're in the right county absolutely it's the most beautiful one (laughs) and finally Sir Marie McDevitt if you were to give a little bit of advice to somebody who's maybe thinking of taking the plunge and maybe leaving a paid salaried secure job to go out on their own to follow a dream maybe they've had a thought for years any particular thing you would say to them to stay focused be adaptable and never stop learning. My thanks to Sarah Marie McDevitt of Pine Hill Studios in Letterkenny. You've been listening to Business Matters on Highland Radio with Chris Ashmore. If you'd like to contact me, you can email me on businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters is in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. If you're looking for a career in financial governance, consider the Level 9 MA in Governance and IT in Financial Services starting in January. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie today.